On this episode of AV Week, we take a look at hiding the AV in your next installation, the impact of lawsuits and patents on the AV industry, and Kramer has a new CEO. All that and more, next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 430, recorded Friday, November 15th, 2019. See no AV. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Vadio, makers of the new NDI professional broadcast camera, the RoboShot 30E NDI. And by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. And by FSR. And by This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, my buddy and pal, Mr. Jimmy Caldera from IAS, uh, and also with Avix. I got to hang out with him last week in New Orleans. How are you, sir? I am excellent, Tim. Uh, also with us, the man with the uh, most colorful shirt in the world of AV. His name is Joel Carroll, and he is with Wolf Vision. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. Good to be here. I actually get to hang out with Joel next week. So actually, by the time you're watching this, it's this week. Uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, actually come out and hang out with us. If you're a tech manager, uh, we'll put a link to that event, uh, but that happens on Tuesday uh, of this week. Uh, last but not least, a new gentleman here with us, Will Seifert. Will is from CTSI out in Washington, D.C. Uh, way. Welcome, sir. Howdy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for joining us. So this week, a couple of things uh, fresh, kind of off the presses, uh, happened on uh, about a week ago. Uh, sure, Microflex Advance, um, the, the Sure uh, microphone, the MXA910, uh, has a new uh, update to it uh, for the installation in the drop ceiling. Uh, according to the article here, it is now available for pre-order in the U.S. "Quote unquote," the MXA910W. Dash A, stealing uh, array microphone um, with uh, DSB provides a quick, simple solution for installation in 24 by 24 inch grids in the US. Uh, also includes uh, the same technology as all the pr- prior versions. Uh, it looks to be a, a different mounting system, a mounting solution. Uh, Jeremy, we'll just start with you on this. When it comes to updating this, and, and let's not be coy here, they're doing this new update because of a injunction uh, resulting from a lawsuit uh, filed by Clear One. The judge in that case put an injunction on on sure saying that they couldn't sell uh, in the the U.S. the existing um, mounting solution. And so sure has come out with it with a different one. When you're talking with manufacturers who are involved in lawsuits and such like this, when you guys do your designs, how much of an impact does some of this uncertainty have on you to select a, a product, or do you guys just kind of go forward with some good faith, you know, in the in the uh, manufacturer saying, you know what, I, we trust you guys to figure it out. We'll, we're still going to put you in in the in the design. It's a challenge, right? I mean, this is honestly the first time in almost twenty years of being in this business where I've had a product that I use on a regular and consistent basis. Uh, stop shipping because of a lawsuit, right? So I really didn't know how to approach it other than I think the product is great and I continued to sell it. Um, 
there are some workarounds, you know, uh, you can order versions from other countries, for example, uh, and just make them work. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a challenge, but you just have to trust. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, same kind of question to you. When you guys start looking at, at, at this and start dealing with your manufacturers, you know, what, what kind of questions do you ask them and saying, you know, should we put this in or, or should we kind of wait and see in the meantime, they're losing business to alternative versions of, of whatever is product that, that is involved in this, in this suit. I think anytime we spec a product, we want to make sure that product exists and it's been tested and, you know, is actually going to serve the client's needs when we do it. You know, we're not asking, um, Hey, you're expecting to uh, have a judge prohibit you from selling that product, you know, from day one. But uh, we kind of have faith that if something's being manufactured and we've tested it, that we'll spec it out there. Uh, in this case, you know, when things weren't available and we knew the timeline of projects, if it was a project that was, you know, years out, we would spec something similar, you know, just saying this is the placeholder for that type of technology, knowing something would be around. But if it was something that had to get delivered in 90 days, you know, it wasn't a product we could use because it wasn't available. Yeah, because of that short timeline. Is it something, it, it will it, contractually, and I understand that there are different, you know, different folks have different, different uh, legal bindings that you can put, you know, in, in that placeholder, or is it something where you have to put in the actual product, you know, the model number and everything, even though the, the, the job may be, you know, 16, 18 months down the road. Well, there, um, obviously I think the, the more real scenario was, you know, we, we had jobs that had that product specified to be installed and it was unable to be procured to be installed. Mm. Um, you know, that's where you, you run into another, you run into other issues and that's where, you know, working with the different manufacturers and, you know, having a good line of communication is always beneficial, making sure the clients are well informed too as to what's going on and what the choices are. Yeah, absolutely. Joel, uh, you are our resident manufacturer for this week's show. Uh, you guys have to have a contingency plan you, you have to have some sort of plan somewhere where you rip it open and go, okay, holy crap, we're getting sued. This is what we do. Um, I'm not asking you for Wolverine specifically, but you've worked for a number of manufacturers, so give me some generalizations here. When that happens, or if that happens, what does that look like from a manufacturer's standpoint? What What is your guys's, um, or, or in general, what does a manufacturer um, need to do and, and to not only serve their clients, but also help them serve their, their clients as well? Well, I mean, it really kind of depends on a lot of these applications. In this case, it was a very specific microphone that works a very specific way. Uh, but we've seen in other, in other applications as well, uh, a lot of it I think is going to be company dependent, to be honest, Tim. I mean, if you're a company like the Extrons and the Atlantas and some of these other guys, typically they'd have a lot of other solutions that might be able to recommend to get around to maybe suggest, here's another way to do the same thing. When it's a very specific type product, I have to say from a sales management standpoint, you know, what, what I do now, that would really hurt me almost personally because I'd have to make that phone call and be like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, I can't deliver because of this, because of that. And I don't have another solution because we've only got one, one option. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if, the, if the roles that most of us are in, it's not the most comfortable conversation to pick up that phone and, and go, hey, you got to hang on a minute. Is it, I hate to use the Band-Aid metaphor because I really hate, but is it one of those things where you, you just have to rip it off? And just you know, start making the phone calls and say, "Look, here's the situation sooner rather than later." Or is it something where it it to to 
give your side guys some time here. You, you, you maybe you hold back for a day or two, hoping the situation re, you know resolves itself, and then eventually you've just got to make those calls. Uh, yeah, not being uh, not being an expert in anything in the legal world, anything that comes legal takes forever. I mean, it's just so it to me, it's a band aid process. I mean, for me personally, and yeah. and when I'm told this is what's going on, or if I ever am in that situation. I'd rather just rip it off and let them know because the sooner I'm able to let those customers know what's going on, they can make a decision for what's best for them. To me, in my opinion, the worst thing we can do is hold back and say, just wait, just wait, just wait, which then is going to continue to hurt uh, the dealers, the customers, whoever it is that's waiting for that specific product to come in. I don't think waiting would be the, the right way, in my opinion. I and news doesn't opinion. age like wine. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, we actually have two different uh, stories that, that we're going to wrap around uh, this this common theme. Uh, and, and what is the two stories actually is is uh, Atlas IED's new SHS uh, speaker was put in by Ford AV um, actually to help a, a military training camp hide the speakers and hide the audio systems. And uh, the other one is from our friends over at uh, AV Network and talking about Atlona's. Uh, new uh, control system that's small and, and, and you can stick it wherever you want um, in, in small meeting spaces. This, these two stories kind of converged in a conversation I had uh, with my buddy Chris Netto, who years ago in a previous, two or three previous lives, uh, was an on-site consultant for a number of, of, of drug companies uh, up in the, in the Northeast. And he was constantly uh, complaining about their, their people, the, the, the drug companies, not wanting to see AV. Right, not wanting to see the equipment. The SHS I saw a couple of years ago uh, from Atlas, from I think it was ISE uh, two years ago, and it, just a, a really great uh, system. It's, it's small; you don't really even see the speaker. It looks like a like a sprinkler head, uh, actually. Um, it, the, the hole it makes, uh, and then you put the cover on it, and then you, you don't see it, it you know, it, at all. You can print on it. The Atlona piece is another piece that you can kind of place wherever you want under a, a table or what have you. Other companies have, have developed products that you can hide behind displays, under uh, desks, and under under uh, boardrooms. Will, I'm going to start with you on this. When you're talking with clients, is this something you're seeing as a trend that folks are, are wanting to see less and less of the AV? They don't want to see these ginormous, you know, two foot, three foot, you know, stacks of, of of equipment. They just want it to work, but they kind of want to be it. They want they want it to be out of out of eyesight. And if so, how are you guys solving that? Uh, all sorts of solutions, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something nobody wants to see the technology. They just want the technology to work, you know, in rare cases where it might be some type of demo center or the whole vibe of the place is, you know, tech, then they want to see it. But in general, you know, whether it's just a little collaboration space or a boardroom or some type of other briefing environment, they don't want to see it. Uh, we work a lot with the federal government. A lot of those rooms, you know, people get very paranoid when they start seeing, you know, cameras and microphones and those types of things too. So uh, it's been something we've been doing for years and years and years, hiding it away um, to the extent, you know, we're working on an LED wall now where it's actually behind a veneer. Oh, wow. Um, oh, so cool. when it's not on, it looks like part of the, the millwork down the wall. Um, you know, that, that's what, that's the environment that people want. Yeah, is it is it in an insulation that you can share once that's done? Because that sounds really cool. It will be in a public place. Yep. Excellent. Very cool, uh, Mr. Carroll. When it comes, I mentioned the fact that you work for manufacturers before, so just again generalize here. When you're talking with your clients and you're talking with with integrators here, 
and they bring to you, you know what, this is a great product. I just can't put it anywhere you know, that nobody can see this, right? Um, actually, my, my first uh, introduction to Wolf Vision was years ago. I was, I was programming a, a system, a college here in St. Louis, and uh, I, I had to fix an issue with the document camera, and they pushed document camera, and it came on, and it was on the screen. I couldn't find the stupid thing to save my life, and it was actually in the ceiling. Uh, my, I, I, and I thought it was a brilliant idea. I'd never, I'd never seen a doc cam like that. Um, but somebody springs to you and you're like, this is a great product. We just need to hide it. You know, how do you, how do you solve that? Well, it's, you know, it's coincidence that we're talking about this because I was actually in a historic courtroom yesterday and they were talking about all the things that they can't do. And it, it was a list of not everything they could. It was, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, but I need, I need, I need, I need. And all the I can'ts is what they needed. So you couldn't, you couldn't pair them together. And it's, it's hard. When I first got an AV years ago, nobody wanted to see the AV. And you've got the big speakers and the big racks of gear and everything, but the technology's changed in such ways where everything's kind of being streamlined down. One box is doing multiple things. And when I was sitting literally in that courtroom yesterday, I was thinking of what could we potentially recommend, even if it's something I don't have, to help them fix that. But to me, the historical nature was also very interesting. Yeah. Making those changes was very key. Um, and the technology is such that we can do almost anything and have it all 100% hidden. You know, to me, it's the experience. One of these rooms now you walk into, and Will's kind of saying, you walk into this room, they want to just work. You walk in, some occupancy and sensor notices you're there. Everything magically just turns on. The devices are so tiny anymore or easily mountable. Uh, there's a very little I feel we can't do now as a manufacturer because of what's available to us to build product. Well, and some of that, and is some of that also the, the miniaturization of, of, of the technology in general, right? I mean, you, right. Exactly. Uh, I think all four of us um, are of a certain age that we remember big boom boxes and stuff like that. Or, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying any of us had tube radios, but not, none of us are that old. Um, <laughs> Jeremy might be. Um, but, uh, um, you know, as that technology advanced, you, you got into trans transistors and you, this, that, and the other, and then right. things got smaller. Right. And, and the same things happened with AV, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mentioned a story, I think before we started that, that my first instance in a, in an AV in, in, you know, in my AV life was, was taking out an old Arco three gun projector. Well, that, that technology has shrunken down now. And, and, you know, that was probably, I don't know, a 500 lumens projector, who knows? Um, and now I can, I can get a, a you know, a 5,000, 5,000 lumens out of 500. So, uh, Mr. Calera, same kind of question here as you're, as you're dealing with, with your clients and whether it's, you know, um, a, a fortune 50, you know, manufacturer or, or a local church, when they're talking about, you know, making sure that they can't see the AV, but they want it to work. How do you, how do you solve that? Uh, you know, I like what he said about the experience. That's exactly what you're looking for, right? An experience is a room where you can't see all this crazy technology, but you can do all kinds of cool stuff. And it's easy to use and it's simple. For us, just hide it where you can hide it, right? Um, I, I, I don't like equipment racks. I like simplification. So, I mean, granted, larger systems, you have to have racks and matrices and all sorts of kind of stuff. But if we can simplify the actual operation and experience and equipment and design, there's not that much gear to hide, right? If you can get clever about um, things like speakers and things like amplification and, and using more energy star efficient products that are smaller and smaller form factors, uh, it, it, it's really not that difficult. 
you know, it only gets really crazy when you get funky furniture, right? And you know, that's that's becoming more and more of a popular thing. But uh, it's interesting. I've seen trends where we've gone to this really open workspaces and super modern furniture and glass everywhere, which is terrible for acoustics, terrible for hiding things. Um, but now it's going back to closed office spaces, and we're getting away from some of these open open office spaces. They don't like you know, what, what the experience has been uh, in opening things up. So it, it's kind of cyclical, so it's, it just depends. But as far as I'm concerned, the way the technology is progressing, we have the opportunity to, you know, to hide things and do it very easily. Yeah, that was one of my, my uh, I mentioned Chris uh, Neto a minute ago, that was one of his biggest uh, challenges, but because at the time that the, the trend was more for complete glass boardrooms, right? Because they wanted to be able to see everything, um, but acoustically, even also hiding things was, was very, very, very difficult. So, uh, last story here, guys, uh, comes to us actually from, from our website. We have um, at least here from Kramer. Uh, before we get started, Kramer is a, an underwriter and a supporter of AV Nation. Uh, Itzak uh, Bambangie uh, is the new CEO of Kramer. Uh, the former IBM director uh, will quote unquote further Kramer's software drive and cloud-based initiatives. And Joel, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, first of all, congratulations uh, to ITSAC, but also, and, and to Kramer, but I, I find it interesting that ITSAC is a former IBM uh, um, employee. He, w he worked in, in their software development uh, and their uh, compact division uh, for almost 20 years. Kramer and other AV manufacturers have made huge pushes into the software parts of, of AV. Um, is this a kind of a, a, a harbinger of things to come when it comes to other uh, heads of, of, of AV companies where folks who have the, the IT chops and, and, the, and have spent years in, in the IT sector are now gonna come into, into this space um, and say, you know what, let, let me help you guys get to the next level in this software uh, era of AV. I absolutely think so. Uh, when you kind of look at what's happened with AV, and we all talk about AVIT and the emergence, it's almost now it's IT, and there's some AV still. I mean, the AV really stops at a lot of these inputs of the devices, and it goes all IT. A point that he made I found interesting in, in the article was he, they're going to work to deliver products. I think it was something that said that's wholly familiar and expected by IT departments. So it's he's his goal is to start to deliver these things in a way that they're used to, since a lot of those end users, a lot of the customers are actually providing the AV experience, you know, all on one devices or whatever it is. I'd be very surprised if we don't see more companies, whoever it might be, whether it be audio, video, or whatnot, start following more of these types of trends and pulling in what I would call maybe the non-traditional leaders to become leaders in the, in the AV market space. So. Yes, it was a surprise, but I was pretty excited to see this, and it, I'd be very interested to see where this goes. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Joel mentioned the fact that, that they are going to be you know, making products and, and looking towards the, the IT managers and the, and the IT departments to develop products that they expect to see uh, and, and making this move. Is this something that you're, you expect to see more and more out of not just Kramer, but also other uh, manufacturers moving forward? I mean, yes, we're we're seeing it already, with not just Kramer, with other manufacturers now, and it's. I think it's these early adopters who are recognizing this, and um, uh, you know, they they, get, they identify it and they're going with it, gung ho, you know, full steam ahead. They're the ones that are going to uh, you know prevail in the end. I mean, in all reality, uh, you know, we've said the same thing about integrators in, in general, right? I mean, it's like 
you know, traditional AV is dead. Like get on board with this new IT thing, <laughs> right? So uh, if the manufacturers, you know, the early adopters that are, that are going to handle that are going to be the ones that ultimately succeed. Yeah. Uh, Will, what, what are some of the challenges that, that integrators are facing now when it comes to getting these products into, you know, IT departments' hands or, 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 be, or, or is it becoming more and more easy because the manufacturers are, are looking at this as, as an opportunity to start developing more IT-centric devices? It, it depends on the product. I, I, kind of, I look at it from the perspective of we're more poised to take over a lot of traditional IT than IT is poised to take over IV or AV. And uh, you know, we, we run into it, you know, the, the biggest challenge is usually security. And you know, that's something that the AV world has not traditionally embraced the same way the IT world, it's usually, you know, checkbox one or checkbox two on a product in terms of, you know, what is the security, you know, what are the stigs around that? And uh, it's something AV really needs to get um, wrapped wrapping their head around it. It's probably our, our major, our, our sole hugest liability we have as a, an industry now, as we start um, developing these systems, you know, we're, we're putting, we talked about the sure mic, putting audio on a network, you know, putting video on a network, doing all this on a network. Um, that's our, our biggest liability right now that we have now become a, uh, a vulnerability on the network as well. And to the extent we can address that when we start talking to the IT departments, they have a level of comfort with us right off the bat. If we can't talk that language and we can't be on the same page with them, uh, they really don't want anything to do with us and or what we're talking to them about. So uh, I'm surprised more companies aren't going that way, to be honest. Yeah. Let me ask this, and this is for any of the three of you. I've heard that, well more than once where we have to be able to talk that language, right? We have to be able to speak not just the IT language, but the security language and make sure that our devices are secure. How do we get there, right? How do we get our people there? How do we get our, our technicians there? And honestly, how do we get our, our salespeople and our uh, sales engineers there to where they can speak that language knowledgeably and intelligently and not just be regurgitating buzzwords? Training. Yep, absolutely. Training. Well, training, hiring, you know, strategic hires. Uh, building that. Finding training that works well for that, yeah. Yeah, building a portion of your company. Acquisitions are big in the industry now. Uh, you know, all, any and all of the above, knowing that it, it's a priority. The same as if you, know, well, you don't have a person that doesn't understand acoustics, you, you, it's really tough to uh, <laughs> design a sound system. Well, so, it's, sometimes it's yeah. easier to hire, like you said. Hire an IT guy, teach him AV. Sometimes that's easier. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. But it's a lot of it, I feel, is also a lot of the onus is on us as a manufacturer. If we're developing these products and are creating them for the IT world, one, we have to make sure that we're creating the products with those securities and other issues that, that people are bringing up. Um, but the other concern I see is if we're developing the product and selling into our existing customer base, the manufacturers out there have to make sure that the people they're selling to are able to have that conversation to speak knowledgeably about it. And it's not maybe making them a new IT engineer, but giving them some of the key terms to know enough to then know when to call the engineer or when to call that manufacturer for that additional support. All right. So let me ask a dangerous question here, Joel. Um, uh -oh. 
Will and Jeremy have dealerships, right? They, they have agreements with, with certain manufacturers. They, they have, they're able to, to, to buy directly from the manufacturer and, and some of the stuff they have to go through, through distributorship. But again, they have agreements and they, they understand that they have to you know, do certain things to keep those, those agreements in place. What happens when the manufacturer, you know, whoever, comes to Will and says, you know, Will, um, you've been a great customer for, for 10 years. We think you're fantastic. Um, you can't sell this product for a while because uh, we don't think you're qualified, right? We don't think you're... And obviously, they would sell it in a very nice... Hey, in a very, hopefully, they would say it in a very nice way. Um, but, <laughs> but you're done. Out. You're, you're done. You're out. Oh, I, I've heard those conversations. Um, but um, they say, you know, we, we think you're great. We think you're fantastic. You can do this line over here. You just can't do this one yet, this new one yet. Uh, because we want you to go through, through training, that's going to yeah. cost you possibly, right? And again, different manufacturers do it different, different ways. Um, how do you have that conversation? And, and, and Will and Jeremy, how do you respond to that when they say, you know what, this is such a specialized piece or it's so uh, security heavy or so IT heavy that we really want you to have the, the, the training uh, from us to make sure that you can do it properly? Well, I'll tech, I'll jump in. Uh, you know, specialized stuff, I 100% agree with this. All right, you need to have the training and the certification. Some other things, I get manufacturers that I'll call a product and I need it because it's specced into something and we're not a dealer for it and they want me to invest all this money into all this training. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, there's a million products out there like you. I don't need you. I'm just stuck using you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sign me up and let's get going here, right? This product is not that hard. Right? All right. But then there are things that, don't get me wrong, that do require the training, and I'm 100% on board with that. So I have mixed feelings depending on what the application of the product is. It depends. Well, and I do as well. I mean, one of the things from the manufacturing side I look at is, now we created, let's say, the word, the problem, right? We've created this. And we've worked with XYZ company and maybe it be Jeremy or Will's company for 10 years, 20 years, whatever the case may be. Now we're going to our good customers and say, no. So other things that we could look at from a manufacturing side, whether it be Wolf Vision or any other company is instead of saying no right away, you offer services to help elevate them. So mm. you'd be able to say, Hey, what if we give you uh, commissioning services where you have the ability of bringing one of the engineers from said manufacturer, whoever it is, not, at a ridiculously high price, but it's something that would make sense to you and the customer. So again, it comes back to the experience. Your installation experience goes well, your customer experience goes well, and it's a learning curve for all of us as we're all going down that, that direction. And that's also training, right? There's somebody there working with those installers and the designer at that point, helping them understand that. And there's, as there's opposed to saying you're done. Story, because if, if you're one of those dealers that has invested heavily in the training and you know, that, that investment's huge. Lots of times the uh, you don't want somebody that hasn't invested in that training to be on the same playing field as you when you get into a competitive scenario. Uh, you know, the, the other side of that is, you know, look at all this, you know, everything's about relationships and who you know and staying you know, abreast of the technology. And uh, we like to be, you know, informed with our, you know, the manufacturers and the vendors that we support to know what's coming down the pipe and what are the skill sets we're going to need to deploy those products, make sure our people are on board and that the manufacturers and, you know, the vendors are aware that we are on board and we have the technology and the skill set to do it. Uh, because, you know, this is, these are big money investments <laughs> that we make every day. 
And, you know, we, we like to think we're not practicing when we deploy things for our clients. So it's yeah, trying to get out there and, uh, and, and act like professionals and really deliver the service that our clients demand really mandates that we're in lockstep with the, with the manufacturers and, and as an industry deploying these solutions. Mm-hmm. Very good. That'll be a good place to, to, to end it there. Uh, gentlemen, thank you all so much. Mr. Jamie Caldera from IAS. Thank you, sir. No problem. Glad to be here. How do people get a hold of you or IAS? Uh, IASTechnology.net or uh, on the Twitter, Jeremy underscore Caldera. All right. Very good. Mr. Joe Carroll from Wolf Vision. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. It's great being here again, Tim. Absolutely. Absolutely. And where do people find you if they're so inclined? So Wolf Vision, wolfvision.com, or you can email me at joel.carroll at wolfvision.us or lavarevolution.com. Yeah. Uh, revolution actually is a cool thing that he and his wife started so you need to check that out uh, lots, lots of good training and stuff so uh, also uh, Mr. Will uh, Seifert from CTSI thank you sir welcome thank you and how do people get a hold of you or CTSI if they are so inclined CTSI-USA.com check us out all right, very good. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters because I am certainly complaining about the Chicago Bears at this point uh, and looking forward to – I have no the, the Blues are still winning. How about that? I got that going for me. Hey, you could uh, be a Redskins fan. Well, you know what? I, 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 it's eh, 50-50. I don't know. Um, I, I could be a, a, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan at this – or a, a Browns fan at this point, but that's a whole other – <laughs> yeah, if you watch the replay when you're you're getting this on Monday, watch the replay from Thursday night's game. It was it was kind of brutal. Uh, but go by the website if you would please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others while you're there. Please check out our supporter section. These are folks that help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and a whole lot more. I actually mentioned the fact that I'll be hanging out with Joel. Uh, you'll get this on Monday, so this will be Tuesday in Atlanta. If you're a tech manager in Atlanta, please come in and hang out with us. Um, and put a link to the event. Uh, and if you were in the D.C. area with Will, uh, the 4th and 5th of December, I'll be hanging out with the folks at Future, the video show, uh, talking about social media and podcasting. So check out those as well. We'll put a link on this episode's page. Show all that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>